It's time to give up. Get your ass up. Throw your hands up and say, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your recovery meeting on the air. Welcome to Sober in the City. Here's your sobriety assistant, Debbie Strand. Do you or someone you care about suffer from untreated alcoholism or addiction? Contact Believe Treatment Center now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center, we understand. I'm Debbie Strand, back with more Sober in the City, talking about how you can work a program of recovery and overcome your addictions, whatever they are, drugs, alcohol, gambling, smoking, shopping, food addictions. They're all life issues that we experience. Whether you're in recovery or not, whether you need recovery or not, we are here for you and we can get you some help. Call us now. Share your opinion. Tell me if you stayed sober through the weekend and how you did it. Or if you didn't, 800-SOBER-05 and visit us at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for Apple Android devices. You can hear this show and previous shows and share them with your friends. Give the show to your sponsee. Let us talk to them all night. You go to a movie, go have fun with your friends. But right now, more about changing our perceptions of yourself. How do you change the perception of you to other people and how much does it really matter? This was spawned by a post I got on Facebook from a friend of mine and he said he's about three years sober and he said I've been struggling with the things that I cannot change other people's perception of me people close to me see my true heart passion drive and desire to help others some people not so close to me want to invent a darker selfish side that quite frankly no longer exists in me and I think this is something that at one point or another in our recovery that we do all go through so I thought it was very valid to talk about I know in early recovery, I did a lot of good work and they're not supposed to be for other people to see. I do stuff now too, but I don't talk about all of it. Doing good work is not for other people to see. We do them because we have love to give and it's through giving love that we receive love. Do the right thing even when no one is looking because it's the right thing to do. Every night when you go to bed, you'll be okay with the things that you did that day. If you pump gas for a living or you're the president of a corporation, do a good job. Put in a full day's work. Stay present where you are and go throughout that day. Be kind. Accomplish things in your day. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't procrastinate. And you'll feel good about yourself. And soon others will recognize that comfort and ease that you have about yourself. And if you are unsure, people will see it. And if you feel unsure about yourself, they're going to see that too. So when you start to know that you're doing the right things in your life, other people will know it too. Just my opinion. We're going to go to CR from Oregon. CR, welcome to Sober in the City. Hi. CR, you hear what? Thank you. And we're glad to have you. You hear what we're talking about? Other people's perception, trying to change somebody else's perception of me and changing my own perception of myself. And how much does it matter? How much does that matter to you? Um, it used to matter a lot to me because it was like taking my self-esteem away from me. If people didn't like me or think good things of me or anything, but you can't make people think how you want them to think. So you have to. As you were saying, you have to do things that make you feel good, that you're comfortable with, that, you know, you're doing the best that you can do. I recently kind of had the same thing happen to me where somebody started saying, you know, really rotten, terrible things. And it's in a, it's in a support group in, on Facebook, actually. And, um, 
I mean, the person just started just being really insecure about themselves. So they started trying to get people not to like me and started saying bad things about me that weren't even true. And at first I was really hurt. Um, you can't let other people's feelings about you get to you and hurt you. As long as you in your heart know that you're a good person and you're doing things for other people and stuff, that's all you need. You need your higher power to, you know, to talk to and, and get through it. I meditate a lot. And um, it's, it's just a way of helping myself deal with other people's things and that what they say of me and about me, that's their, their baggage. They have, to, they have to clean their side of the street. I keep my side of the street clean. I try to do for others. And you'll find that, you know, you can go to bed at night and not have all these thoughts in your head that, you know, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Because that's what we do. We prejudge ourselves on other people's opinions, and that's just wrong. You know, I go through a lot of that stuff on Facebook, too, especially when I post about the recovery coach schools and being a recovery coach. Oh, you're a paid sponsor. Well, uh, you know, I have taught the classes and, and different things like that. But, you know, people jump on there with their opinions and they want to know what it is and Google it. Take a look at it. I'm not going to spend my energy defending myself to you when I've already stated my position. And if you don't have the time to do the research on it, then, you know, that's not that's on you. I'm not going to do that for you. And what I do is when I see everybody having big arguments on, on the Facebook, I post something else and let them argue about it. And I get up and leave the house and go do something fabulous. <laughs> and let you sit on Facebook and let you have the argument with everyone else. You know, and I come back and look at yeah. it all and maybe I won't even look at it all. You know, I just go on about my day and go have a good life. And I'm sorry that those things happen to you on there because it can be really hurtful. A lot of times the people hiding behind the computer who don't have to see you face to face can be really vicious. And I've experienced a lot of that, too. So I'm sorry that's happened to you, CR. But was your first feeling that you needed to defend that and you needed to explain yourself and explain your position and why you maybe had posted something that you had? Um, yes, my first feeling was, you know, because I do everything in a, in a positive light so that others will get something positive out of it. And um, so my posts are always real positive and encouraging to people and stuff like that. And people love me. And so when this happened, it was like, where did this come from? So, of course, I was going like, now how do I fix this? Well, I can't fix anything because nothing's broken. <laughs> right. You know? So beautiful. I just, I just made a a nice little post that you know explained that I was sorry that people were having problems with, you know, with what I might have said and if I hurt them, that I was very sorry and I hope they accept my apology and I'd be more careful with what I, you know, did in the future, and you know, then I just like you said, walk away from it. Let let the things that need to happen happen, and it all resolved itself. And 
You know, I ended up with a whole lot more friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrific? I know I had a gal jump up and yeah. actually accuse me. I'm an executive director of the Freedom from Addiction Foundation and actually accused me of that was, you know, my foundation and I was keeping all the money. And I mean, it came from absolutely nowhere. I don't even own the foundation and I have no control over the checking accounts or nothing comes to me. Trust. You know, I explained briefly to her the way it actually worked and told her some of the work that we were doing and some of the people that we were able to help without using names. And she wrote back and she was like, Oh God, don't make me like you now. (laughs) And we became friends. I think her husband's one of my friends on the Facebook too. So it's funny how things can change. um, If we do take a little bit of effort and respond in kindness, you know, I didn't jump back and accuse her and how dare you say this to me you know maybe something terrible happened and she had given money to a foundation somewhere at some time and somebody did that so she just had that perception so maybe I was able to change her perception and she will donate again if not to the freedom from addiction foundation perhaps to another foundation so CR you do feel that you were able to change people's perception of you by just responding with kindness and walking away I don't think I changed their perception of me. I think I just reinforced the perception of what they had. Ah, good for you. Good for you. How long are you sober, CR? It's been, the last time I had a drink was probably September of last year. Are you in a 12-step program? No, I'm actually not in the program. Oh, awesome. No. Awesome. I'm actually what you call a normie. You're a normie. I love normies. That's so cool. I'm so glad to meet you. I don't meet a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, and I support the addicts. Like, absolutely. You know, I, I love people that are in recovery. Um, I come from a long line of um, friends and stuff that had OD'd. And, oh, you know, I was always their babysitter. Are there any programs that maybe you would like to attend in the future, like the Al-Anon for people with a little bit of codependency issues, maybe, or adult Actually, children? I go to I'm sorry? I go regularly to NA meetings. Oh, great. Okay. So you're, you're looking at one program or another anyway. You're, you're obviously doing things to better yourself and to work on how you feel about situations in life in general, right? Yes, absolutely. Great. Yes, I think everybody should have a 12-step program that they follow. I think they should put it in the high school or middle school curriculum at this point. I really do. I think it would be too. I really do because mm-hmm. they've taken everything else away from them and teaching morals and stuff and the society's gotten so crazy. It would be perfect if it was in the school. That would be. Maybe we can advocate for that. Stay in touch with me, CR. We're going to go to Peter in Boston. Peter, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You hear us talking about trying to change others' perceptions of us, changing the perception we have of ourselves, and does it really matter? Would you comment on that for us, Peter? Yes. Um, it, at this point in my life, it really doesn't matter uh, too much what others think about me. Um, you know, in early recovery, it did um, because, you know, I had low self-esteem and I was trying to win friends you know, influence other people to see my way of life. But, you know, as I I got more sobriety and got myself centered with God, um, it just doesn't matter any longer. Um, You know, I lead by example. You know, I was um, running some halfway houses for uh, close to three years. And, you know, I would have to show these uh, the guys, the men and the women that were in these houses, lead by example. And, you know, what they thought of me, it really didn't matter as far as 
um, if they were saying some bad things about me. And of course they would, because they were on a different spiritual plane. And, you know, I am, uh, you know, the leader, as you, you might say. And, of course, they didn't like my rules. They didn't like uh, the house rules. They didn't like the program. And, of course, they were going to say things bad about me. And, you know, it didn't really matter. You know, my attitude was, you know, get in line. Um, you know, I have a program to run, and uh, I'm going to do it this way. And, you know, I think we all want people to like us, you know. And right now, it just doesn't matter in my life. Uh, it's whatever. You know, I know that uh, I'm a good person, and I know that I'm spiritually centered. And, uh, you know, things are just working out for me the way I want them to. And uh, life is good right now. No, oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that for you. Yeah. How long are you sober? Uh, for 15 years. 15 years. That's great. That's that's a huge yeah. chunk. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah. But you can see how that has changed over the years. And I could hear that, that ease yeah. and comfort that come with that time and that confidence of knowing who we are and that we're doing the right things in our lives. And if other people like us, terrific. And if they don't, and I love how you said that you're on a different spiritual plane, it could just be that it's not necessarily they don't like you, but it's that dark running from the light. Can you see that? Oh, sure. Yes, you know, and, um, you know, I think, of course, we're always going to have that little um, doubt somewhere in the recess of our minds, you know. Um, I'll always say to myself, you know, I, I pray throughout the day, throughout the day I'll pray, and I'll, I'll say, God, you know, show me the path you want me to be on, because I honestly, I don't know, and without his guidance, I, I have no no chance at all. But I know that today. And I make sure that I, I live my life with integrity. You know, uh, my actions match my words. And that's how I live my life. And so I don't have these, these huge doubts about what I'm doing because I don't stray too far off that path. And, you know, um, and I think other people can see it too. You know, they can see the change on me over time, you know, and, um, I don't know. It, it's it's just what it is. So the perception that other people have, have of you, you think for the most part is pretty much right on, or you just don't even recognize when other people have a perception of you that is askew from yours because you're living on different spiritual planes? Yeah, you know, I, I don't recognize it, you know. Um, and it really, I don't recognize because it, it really doesn't matter to me. You know, as they say, uh, what other people think of me is none of my business, and I really follow that credo. I don't know what people think of me, and it really doesn't matter. What would you say to somebody that's in their first couple of months and they're struggling? They're sitting in meetings and they've got a pit of anxiety in their stomach. You know, the girls, if it's a guy, the girls won't look at them. The guys aren't hanging out with them. They were the little guy in high school. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the rooms of recovery, and they're still the little guy. And, you know, they're feeling bad about themselves. What do you say to them to start to get them to feel comfortable so that they can open up to get their recovery that they need? Um, you know, first of all, I, I always suggest that um, to people to, you know, stick with the winner. That's number one. Um, I suggest to the people that I would suggest them if you listen to what somebody's saying, what's coming out of their mouth? Is there a lot of drama and chaos? Is there a lot of blame? Um, 
you know, is it their their wife, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their job, their boss, whatever. Um, I'd stay away from those people because that's going to lead you right down a path of not feeling good about yourself. Um, you know, stick with the winners, people that really have a positive influence and, you know, say positive things because that's the way that, you know, eventually you're going to feel that way. And, you know, those type of people, those positive people will see the goodness in you rather than seeing the weak, angry, uh, sad, whatever those negative, uh, you know, emotions are that will come out in all of us. So, you know, somebody that's positive won't play upon those in, in you. And the people that you see in the rooms that are blaming other people and feeling like everything is still everyone else's fault and they're a victim, they're also going to victimize people and they're going to be perpetrators and they're going to take advantage of right. you and they're going to hurt you. So yes, stay around the people that when they share, you actually feel good. Don't go trying to save somebody and rescue somebody. You know, I mean, uh, you talk to Melody Beatty and she will tell you when you take away the alcohol and drugs, we're left with a codependent. So you're sitting in those rooms and especially, you know, the women. Oh, my God, the women. Oh, that poor guy. I think I can help him. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to show him some friends. And if I just love him, he'll get better. Oh, my God. It's terrible. And they're, they're negative pits and empty wells. And when then you hear somebody that's sharing that's terrific and open and taking responsibility. And they're like, oh, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> And it's just because their perception of themselves, it's water seeking at its own level. It's their perception of themselves that they're not well yet. They haven't taken that time to get better themselves. So people need to gravitate, like you say, Peter, towards the people that are saying the things that are making you feel better. What else would you tell them? Right. Um, I, I really don't know. That's basically what I tell them. You know, I follow your sponsors, um, suggestions. Beautiful. And um, stick close to the program. I, as I say, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> no, we don't even know what questions they ask. It takes a while. You know, it took me a, a long time to realize um, that, you know, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. It took me about a year and a half into my sobriety to realize that. And, you know, God placed the right people in my life, you know, the positive people. And, and I had enough discernment to stay away from the negative people, the people that were going to be, out, you know, backsliding. I would watch um, their feet, you know, where they move, where are they going? Uh, are they, the words coming out of their mouth uh, match their actions, or their actions match the words. You know, it, it's really tough, really, in sobriety. And, you know, that confusion, you know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I didn't know what I didn't know. And people that are early in sobriety, you know, they have a battle. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, it's it's a disease of the mind. It has nothing to do with the alcohol. A lot of people have to come to that conclusion themselves, you know, because they're fighting a substance. And when it's not, that's not where the fight is. Right. Well, inside, and it's an inside job. We've got Bobby on the line. Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray, in my resident wanderer, where are you calling from these days? Where are you at, Bobby Ray? I'm in Lancaster, California, Debbie. That's fantastic. Bobby Ray, you hear what we're sharing about on the topic. Can you share, please, um, others' perceptions of you, your own perception of you, and do they really matter? 
I think CR did a great job. She needs to keep going in the meeting. And uh, Peter said some really good stuff. Uh, I've reached that sweet spot where I really don't care what you say about me. But as Peter said, in early recovery, I wasn't like that. Finally, my sponsor down there in Naples, Florida, I was ranting and raving in the parking lot one day after a meeting. He pulled a hoop out of the back of his pickup truck and put it around me. And he said, that's all you got power over. What <laughs> other people think, say, or feel about you ain't none of your business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he put a hula hoop around you. Yes, my actual hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't make you work that thing a little bit. <laughs> Well, I was uh, I was I wasn't uh, suffering from low self esteem when I come in the rooms. I was actually had a little bit too much self esteem, and God actually took a two by four and beat me to my knees. But once I got humble and started working the steps, you know, the solution's always in the steps. Um, you know, and you talked about Facebook earlier, Debbie. Right. Well, I've got like. You know, my Facebook page is just Stone Cold Recovery. None of my family's on there. I got like 3,000 people on there. And I had somebody comment on somebody else's thread the other day because I've been from Houston to San Antonio to El Paso to Lancaster in the last two weeks. And they wanted to know where I was. And somebody who I couldn't even read their post was commenting about uh, some kind of arrest record I had in Florida. And, you know, the first thing on my page is that I'm at Convict. And now all of a sudden I've got 100 people from around the world coming on there defending me. <laughs> Isn't that terrific? And I was singing my, my famous little song because what they said didn't matter. I was saying, let it go, let it go, let it go right now. <laughs> well, that's terrific. Uh, well, you've got a lot of people coming to your defense and that feels good because even people on Facebook know that you're out doing the right thing. You're traveling all over the country and carrying the message of recovery and sobriety. And you say you claim to be you claim to be homeless, but uh, your home is just on the road, Bobby Ray. Well, it was kind of like a rough 13 days in El Paso on the Devil's Triangle, but I was right across the street from the clubhouse. <laughs> okay. What does that mean, the Devil's Triangle? Oh, uh, it's a section of El Paso that's like a hood, I guess. I didn't even know it the first few days I was there. Oh, good Lord. But uh, get back to the topic, Debbie. Yes. Um, you know, to carry the message to the newcomer, it's not from what I say. It's from the way I live, you know. And I would not recommend, you know, I got clean and sober the same way everybody else did. You know, I quit using, I went to meetings, I got a sponsor, and I worked the steps. I wouldn't recommend staying clean and sober the way I do it. But, you know, it's not what I say. It's how I live. You know, I, I've developed this really good one-day-at-a-time program. I do absolutely as good as I can today. Some days are better than others, and uh, I do my 10 step every night, and then I wake up tomorrow and I do it again. When you first came in, you had other people's perceptions of you. You maybe had the opposite reaction. Instead of having that low self-esteem, we have that overinflated ego. When yep. did that begin to shift for you? What part of, I mean, you said it was working through the steps. What part of that started to make that change for you? Um, well, I might have had a few anger issues when I first come in the rooms, <laughs> but uh, it just took time. It's one of them sayings, you know, time takes time, but it's through staying in the program and staying in the herd, hanging out with the winners. And to me, the, the winners are the people that when you see them, they got that peace and serenity thing going on. You know what I mean? It's the people that share about the steps. It's the people that don't really, uh, they don't talk about the mess. They carry the message, you know? 
And you start, and that's another thing. It takes a little time to start recognizing these people when we first come in because so many people are so beat up. Definitely. Yeah, I know I was pretty beat up when I came in. You start to see the people that are doing this thing right. You start to be around people that are carrying a positive message and their actions are matching what they're saying and you're watching their actions. Now, how do you start to change your perception of you? How did you do that, Bobby Ray? How did you go from an overinflated ego person to a person who's firmly got his feet planted on the ground, whichever ground it is that he chooses to be in this week? Well, I had to, I had to take it to my higher power, uh, you know, to work in a step three, uh, take my will, my life and guide me in my recovery. And that's what I do. I could not do it on my own. I couldn't do it. You know, it's a week program. And I don't know what really carried me when I first come in. So I just kept coming back. And finally, all looking back and reflecting, you see all the things that happened in your stages of recovery to get you where you're at. But as it's going on at that time, you don't recognize it in yourself. Right. You know, but I know this. I mean, no ill will toward any human being, no matter what they say about me. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it matters what I do. And it's not all. Uh, it's my reaction to it. And I think that's been a big change in me. You know, because you still, if you said something bad about me, it's me, not punch you in your mouth. But it's, it's not like that anymore, you know. And uh, I'm grateful for that. You know, getting to travel and being in like 20 states and getting to hear everybody's story and being able to listen to them and see how they got through these things. Because I really feel that everybody in recovery, especially early recovery, goes through this identical situation. You know, I've changed. Why don't they recognize that? <laughs> I've I think changed. So why, they, why are they still talking bad about me? <laughs> Did you have to go through a lot of uh, explaining of yourself to family members? Was it hard for you to get back into good graces with family members? Well, what happened was um, I have a sister in California that's got almost 20 years. I have two sisters that I've only briefly contacted with, but I did make a trip to Shreveport and made amends to my 100-year-old grandmother in the uh, nursing home, and that was very, very humbling experience, and she remembered me. And then after six years, my daughter in Destin, Florida, said, come see me, Daddy, I'm ready. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. I saw her the weekend before Father's Day this year. I got to spend four days with her, and the first thing I did was go to a meeting on the beach that morning. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's terrific. very overwhelming stuff, and I'm very grateful for that, and I've now reestablished a pretty good contact with her. That's know. fantastic. But it just takes time. Bobby Ray, thank you for sharing all that. CR, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, not really. Just tell people to, you know, don't worry about what other people throw their way. You know, it, it's usually insecurities about themselves. It's not about yes. you, it's about them. Exactly, you know, exactly. Hard. Peter, is there anything else you'd like to add? Doing what you're doing. No. No, thank you, Debbie. Okay, great. Okay. Bobby Ray, you good? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, landed here with a lady that's 45 years old. She's 25 years clean, so I'm in good shape. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Listen, I really appreciate what you shared, and I hope that it helps my friend that I'm doing this show for that gave me that post. And I hope it helps you that are out there that are thinking about coming into recovery. And I hope it helps you that are new in recovery. And you need to hear this stuff. It's going to be okay. Just hang in there. When we come back, more about changing others' perceptions of you. How do you change a perception of yourself and how much of it really matters? 800-SOBER-05, 800-SOBER-05. 
We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors who make this show possible. If you hear how we have all rebuilt our comfort and confidence, know that you can too. We'll be right back. She hates her job, loves her kids, bored with her husband, tired of the same old list of things to do. So when the to-dos have all been done, she sits down at the kitchen table, rolls herself a fat one. Smoke so sweet fills the air. She maybe ought to crack a window. All she can do is stare at the paint that's been peeling off of the walls. A couple of tokes and her troubles don't seem all that tall. You know, life will let you down. Sometimes the only way to get by is to get high. She laughs out loud at who she used to be. The girl who at Belief Treatment Center, we understand. We understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We We are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at 1-855-874-2354. That's 855-874-2354. 1-855-874-2354. Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center. We understand. 